Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Let me tell you about a company called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or even your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sports Scramble. It's your host, Chet, and I'm joined with Tyler and Futch. Uh, Wade's currently in the air, flying on one of those big birds. So uh, how y'all doing tonight, boys? Doing fine. How are you? Doing doing good. Doing good, doing good. We were going to have old Matty Ice as a guest show, but he left his laptop at work, and apparently Zencaster does not allow you to use a mobile phone. So maybe we'll have him on in a few weeks. Uh, but yeah, like I mentioned, Wade's flying high in the sky. Uh, don't if we knew his flight number, we could track his flight. We could give the, the show updates on where he's at. Well, I just but got he's... a snap from him, and he's landed. Okay, well, good good to hear that he's landed. Uh, he wasn't able to make the show tonight, so well, we miss him. I hope he hope he has a good work trip, and maybe he'll get some round of golf in. Uh, it, you know, he's over there in, I believe he's in Orlando. Yep. You know, a lot of athletes live in Orlando. So I wanted to see, uh, do a little segment on coolest sports athlete we've ever met. See if y'all had some stories of some cool guys. What do you got? Yeah, whenever I was a kid, I've always gone to like the autograph sessions. I uh, went to like one time the Saints. I met Lance Moore. I got his autograph. It was like a little Saints hat that I had. Then the LSU football, I always went to that. With, like, it was back in the day, like guys like Joseph Adai, like early Doucette, yeah. Jamarcus Russell. I met him. I mean – Probably not much Marcus of the biggest, Russell, big, biggest, bust, in <laughs> biggest bust in the draft, so I guess. But honestly, Jamal Murray, the interaction I had with him was the Halloween game. We sat courtside seats, and he came, like, sit, like, right by me. He was wearing, like, the Joker shoes. Like, hey, man, those shoes are fire. He's like, thanks, man. And so, yeah, I mean, Jamal Murray, he's always he's definitely one of the best. So I probably have to put that in my top uh, interaction. I'm sure Futch has played around a golf with Tiger Woods. With <laughs> up at court. He's probably out there letting him scout out the courses. Uh, what do no, you got, Futch? 
Uh, mine doesn't pertain to golf. It's actually baseball. I actually met mm. Big Poppy uh, when I was younger. Uh, I used to go uh, with my family. We used to vacation down uh, near Tampa, and uh, their spring training facility is down in Fort Myers. Uh, so it's about an hour drive. Um, we used to go to a game every time we spent the week down there. Um, and we went to, uh, it was almost like their practice facility. It was one day. We said, well, we'll go like during the day. They do autographs sometimes. And uh, we were walking. We were just walking up this like really like, there's nobody on the sidewalk. Just walking. And all of a sudden, here comes David Ortiz out the side of this building, out the back side of this clubhouse, walking. He's got his bat in his hand. He walks by. And I was, like, in absolute shock. And I got his autograph and stuff. I was, oh, my God, what just happened? Did but he let you that take was a pro- swing with the bat, give you a few pointers? No, no. <laughs> he didn't let anybody touch that. Trace McSorley <laughs> interaction wasn't up there either? Yeah, Trace McSorley also. Yeah, I had a – Shout out Trace had, McSorley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a good interaction uh, with Trace McSorley. Uh, Amadi Olarie, he's a, a secondary uh, – starting secondary for the Detroit Lions. So uh, him as well. But, okay. yeah, I've had, some, I've had some good ones. Yeah, mine ties into Tyler when we were we were fortunate enough to get some courtside seats on uh, Halloween 2019, right after the Pels drafted Zion. We didn't get to see Zion play because, mm-hmm. you know, he was banged up that year. But I'm sitting courtside, soaking it all in. You know, you got people walking in left and right, Boris Bartz sitting across the court from us in his, like, <laughs> neon purple ha- <laughs> Halloween suit. Um, I look over to my left – Lo and behold, it's Cam Jordan. And I'm like, oh, snap, Cam Jordan. For the, I'm sure everybody listening to this knows, defensive end for the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, do I talk to him? Do I not talk to him? Well, I will admit, I had a few drinks that night, so I had a little more liquid courage. I was like, what's up, Cam? He's like, what's up, man? I was like, what'd you think of the game tonight? And we were just talking back and forth, and we watched. They were doing, like, halftime warm-ups. And I think it – uh. I think it might have been Jamal Murray because we were over there on the Nuggets side. Yeah. Uh, hits like a windmill dunk, just no biggie. I was like, Cam, you can do that? He goes, actually, I used to be able to. I was a pretty good basketball player in high school. But then I gained all this weight and I started playing football uh, full time. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, we <laughs> chit-chatted back and forth. And just had a good time during the game, bantering with the players. Yelled out to Lonzo, had a conversation with Lonzo Ball. He, uh, I, was, I was watching – they had their little family show on Facebook Live or whatever it was, uh, Ball and the Family, the little documentary they did. And I hollered at him. I was like, Lonzo, I love the show. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. Well, he gets a fast break steal, runs down, dunks the ball. I was like, boy, Zoe. He pointed at me and said, that one's for you, my man. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, Cam was going crazy. Tyler was going crazy. The buddy we had with us, Anthony, was going crazy. Speaking of Anthony. He actually made a three-pointer in that game. Mm-hmm. They had a ball come his way, and he grabbed it, stepped on the court, shot it, swoosh. Security guard comes running over. He goes, hey, don't do that again, but that was a heck of a shot, man. And <laughs> walked away. So we almost got kicked out of the Pelicans game, yeah. but it worked out For okay. our listeners, honestly, if you ever get a chance to go to an NBA uh, game and be able to sit courtside, do it, because honestly, that's been like the best sporting night that I've ever had. I mean, the Pelicans won in the end, uh, but another thing was I was severely underdressed. Everyone else was like in suit and ties. I'm over here wearing like my red Pelican Zion Williams jersey. We were, jersey. We were all in 
And oh, everyone else, jerseys. like, it was Halloween, so everyone's, like, dressed up, like you said, like, Cam Jordan was dressed like a referee because the previous year, we all know what happened, the no call, and, yeah, they, yep. he was severely, uh, he had a little uh, yellow flag with yeah. him, and whenever there was, like, a foul on the court, he would kind of throw it in front of him on the court, pick it up, yeah. and, of course, no no ump on the, or referee on the court's going to go say anything to Cam Jordan, Mm-mm. but, uh, yeah, if, <laughs> if you ever have the chance to go to mm-hmm. an NBA game, it's, it's especially sit courtside, that's a, it's a heck yeah. of an experience, it's probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing that me and Tyler got to experience, with you got to I did. I did sit one year. Um, I sat pretty low in the bowl at a Grizzlies game. And if people don't know, Justin Timberlake is from Memphis. And I was down there one time. And I'm down there. This was before the game. Um, and at that time, uh, like Mike Conley was playing. It's like Mike Conley's like rookie year um, in Memphis. Uh, mm-hmm. Players like uh, Shane Battier. Even before that was like Jason Williams. Um it was like he was sitting like right in front of me, and I never even noticed. And somebody goes, "They go, JT," and he turns, and I was like, "Wait, that's Justin Timberlake sitting like right in front of me." And I was like, "Oh shoot, wow. JT!" Huh. Well, did, you, did you did you get him to sing a little note for you? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was like, I don't even think I didn't even think I realized that it was Justin Timberlake until after, and I was like. Well, that makes sense. I mean, he's all, all like dressed up, you know. But the thing then was like early two thousands was like leather jackets and stuff, and like yeah. all that kind of stuff. And that's how he was dressed. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> now uh, I got to meet um, Les Miles and, and Nick Saban uh, down in Destin. We uh, my dad had a work conference in Destin every year, and it lined up with the SEC coaches conference down there. Uh, so as a, I think I was like nine years old. As a nine year, it was. Nick Saban's first, or I'm sorry, Les Miles' first year at LSU, and it was the year Nick Saban uh, was first first year coaching Alabama. Um, and so, like, as a nine-year-old walking around all these SEC coaches, I was, like, starstruck. And I was like, screw you, Saban. Suck on these, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it, that was, it was cool to meet him and to meet Les Miles, got pictures with him, got him signing football and everything. But, you know, speaking of Nick Saban, we got to talk about Saban mm-hmm. and Jimbo just hating on each other, throwing Deion Sanders in the mix with all his NIL stuff. Um, for those who don't know, Saban had a, I assume it was like a boosters meeting, you know, some sort of sponsorship thing where he was talking at it. Uh, and he talked about how you got teams like Texas A&M who were never like top five, top 10 in recruiting. Uh, and all of a sudden NIL comes out and they're a number one re- uh, recruit team in the country. Like he was saying, there's, you know, they were, they, he basically said they're paying their players, um, which Jimbo Fisher had a lot to say about that. Uh, you know, accused Nick Saban of doing much worse things, saying, dig into his past when he was at LSU, that he, you know, he worked for him, he knew what was going on. Uh, basically said, who does he think he is? Is he God? No, he thinks he's above the law. Um, and then Nick Saban also implied that Jackson State had paid uh, that number one recruit to get him away from Florida State, close to a million dollars, which Deion Sanders came out and said, I don't even get paid a million dollars, bro. Where do you think we're getting that? 
And then the player also chimed in saying, if I got paid a million dollars, my mama wouldn't be living in a two bedroom house with five kids. So there's a lot of, lot of jarring back and forth on social media. Uh, what, what do y'all think on, on all this? I think it, it makes me hyped up to see a, Texas A&M and Alabama play in October this year. Yeah, that game just got a heck more interesting. Now, I mean, I'm already circling that on October 8th when Texas A&M rolls into Tuscaloosa and plays Alabama. Honestly, I feel like Jimbo Fisher has been discredited with this recruiting class. I don't know if it's because Alabama, uh, Nick Saban is still butthurt about Texas A&M beating them last year on a yep. last-second field goal. I, I don't know. I feel like – I mean – the fact that Nick Saban is saying that, like, paying players at Texas A&M has been doing that, let's be real. I mean, Alabama, I'm sure, has done that as well. I mean, all these players can't afford Dodge Chargers on their on themselves. So, I mean, I feel like every school has done this at some point. So, it's not surprising that Nick Saban's taking shots. He's got nothing better to do in the offseason. So, we'll see uh, how uh, who will win on the field, though. Yeah, I think it's good for the SEC. I don't know I- – I mean, for Jackson State, I mean, there's really nothing there. But, uh, you know, for Texas A&M, I mean, between Texas A&M and, and somebody like LSU, I think those are the two teams that can give Alabama a run for their money. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, Alabama's shown that they're vulnerable. I mean, in certain situations, they've shown that they are not, you know, who we've seen for the last eight, nine years. Um, so, I mean, you know, I said I like I like it a little bit. At, at some point, it's got to chill out. But yeah, it's I mean, childish, honestly, yeah, it, it's like you know we're talking about paying players, and, and you know Nick Saban's the highest paid college coach in the game, and we're you know we're talking about this. Um, and that's my problem with it. I mean, and to Tyler's point, you know, this has happened all over the country. I mean, everywhere, because um, there's no reason that some of these small schools should be getting some of these players. And I get it's a little bit weird. Um, You wouldn't suspect it. But at the same time, you have to look at these players' situations um, and what they want to do and what they feel is right for not only them but their family. So, I mean, and with the NIL thing now, you know, I think the biggest thing between something like Texas A&M and Alabama when you look at NIL, you're looking almost like I'm looking at it – geographically in the sense that there's more opportunity NIL wise in some place like Texas, just because on sheer size up against somebody like in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, I said, I just, I think there's more opportunity in Texas based on the size. Um, But that's just my, my two cents. Yeah. Just look at the university of Texas running back. You got a dang deal from Lamborghini. So yeah, right. Exactly. Bigger in Texas, especially the NIL deals. So after Jimbo went off on Saban and Deion Sanders chimed in, Saban went on SiriusXM with a good old Jacob Hester, uh, LSU boy right there, um, and he he kind of rephrased what he was saying. He apologized for calling out Jackson State and Texas A&M uh, individually, and I think that kind of came from Mr. Greg Sankey uh, issuing a public reprimand like i don't even know what that means like it's not like they find the schools they just said you did bad pretty much like a slap on the wrist right like it doesn't even matter um but he said that he doesn't have an issue with nil that he wanted to make that clear He, he he's all for the players you know making money off their name image and likeness um his issue though is with how it's happening where 
what you're supposed to do is you have a we'll take for example a brand like sonic shout out wade you have or even home depot uh you have that company approach the player and say hey we want you to start a commercial uh and we will we'll pay you for the commercial and if you do good during the season you know more commercials so on it's an advertising deal well the statement said what's happening at a lot of these schools is oh you're a recruit or you're a player instead of getting you a commercial we're just going to have this booster who's got all this money he's just going to write you a check say here's 100 grand come play for us so it's like taking the endorsement deals out of it to where you're just straight up giving them cash it's basically the nfl at this point um so that that was his issue and i think it comes from Granted, Tuscaloosa or Alabama has a lot, a lot of uh, boosters, and I'm sure they have the money to do it. Um, but Texas, uh, you know, each state has different laws on it. I don't know exactly what the Texas laws are, but Texas is able to just give them cash, and they have all this money. And NIL, they're set up better for these for this type of stuff. So, and go ahead, Fudge. Uh, and I think there's, well, yeah, not only that, but, you know, you're talking, you know, Home Depot and Sonic, but there's more, there's major corporations in Texas. There's huge, right. there's bunch of oil, oil money. Yeah. There, yeah. It's, there's so much money in all that. I mean, Alabama really doesn't have that much when we're looking at it as far as, you know, I mean, you're getting into you know, state. You don't have big corporations. And... Yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no big corporation. And so I think that's where Texas wins in that sense. Um, and something like that. And I think they're going to benefit from it. And that's why also, you know, you get these players, you know, since we've had Lincoln Riley transfer to USC, he's going to be first year head coach at USC. Um, you know, I think even a lot of players have bowed out. Like we, there was a wide receiver, one of the top recruit wide receivers from Pitt, uh, just transferred out to USC and got a huge NIL deal out there in California. <laughs> And I think that literally plays a large part in these players' decisions. It, yeah. Because, um, you know, it really was at the time, it was like, well, I'm going to go wherever I can get in type thing, or I'm going to go to a Power 5 school, or I'm going to go to a big SEC school like Alabama or, or LSU or, you know, whoever it is, uh, yeah. or I'm going to go to you Ohio wanna, State. You want to go somewhere where you can go and get exposure for the next level. But now mm-hmm. it's like, I can go play first, like Jackson State, play against a mediocre competition, which – Full disclosure, you know, I'm sure they are good competition, but it's not playing in SEC where you could really stand out, you know, and you can yeah. make a bunch of money. Um, and then I'm sure that the NFL scouts are still going to find you. Yeah, and they're getting that exposure a level sooner than they would. Um, you know, going to the NFL, yeah, you don't get that exposure until you get to the NFL. Now they're getting the exposure in college and they're getting – you know, these deals in college. So I think, you know, a lot of players are going to go out west to California and going to go to Texas and yeah, going to gonna go to the bigger yeah. cities and the bigger schools. I mean, whatever yeah, makes absolutely. them the more money, that's where they're going to go. Yeah, they're going to go I, somewhere with bigger industry to, to get them what, what they want. Yeah, and I think what you're going to see here in the next four years, I mean, I'm going on the record saying this, in the next four years, you're going to see California schools and Texas schools just surge up the, up the top 25 rankings um, you know, and yeah, make their way. Into, Texas moving to yeah. SEC, that's going to help them. Yeah. I mean, moving into into playoff contention. I mean, you're, we're going to see teams stack up from from California and Texas. You know, yeah, try to gonna, make a it's push. It's going to be hard for a lot of these coaches to keep in-state mm-hmm. recruits there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in another article I read, 
Louisiana high school is was has passed a law to where the high school players are allowed to have NIL deals, which I was like, that is insane. That's just taking it too far. Yeah, yeah like I think it yeah, already is taken too far, even in college. But I mean, that's that's just me. <laughs> it's a amateur sport. Like you shouldn't be allowed to be like paid. Yeah. For competing in a high school sport, if that was the case, your boy would have tried a lot harder back in high school. Yeah, I okay? would. Too. I, I probably would. Well, well, I think here's the big problem: is is that like once you get in the high school, it's like now you're getting kids under the age of eighteen, and you're giving them money. It's like that is not a good idea, and I don't even know how you would get that passed. Yeah, like that's that's what I don't. I mean, I get it in college because they're all over the age of eighteen when they come in. Um, so, you know, you're legally an adult at that point, so you can right. make your own decision. I mean, for kids in high school, they're still 16, 17 years old. I mean, you're that. there's no way that you can, you know, make those kinds of deals. Yeah, like that would that. be too much responsibility for a young person like that. Yeah, you're going to have the parents involved, which I think is probably just going to create issues yeah. on the team. You got kids making tons of money and locker rooms. And, like, it's not even just football. Like, how do you regulate – what the all state quarterback's gonna make versus the captain of the badminton? Yeah, I feel team. like like with the high school athletes, I feel like the parents would have more of a decision over the athlete themselves. Yeah, and and it's I don't know. It's there was no structure. that would never happen. Honestly, I I couldn't yeah. see that. I mean, yeah. depending, I honestly think that this nil thing is gonna be either a stepping stone or the greatest downfall that we're going to see in sports in the next yeah. 10 years. Right now, I, I think, think it's turning sports towards could, a downfall. Sports could either go to, I mean, you know, college football, I mean, is super big now. It's either going to get even better or it's going to just drop off major. Um, I will say, because, we always talk about the football aspect. I mean, think about like the other athletes at the school. Mm-hmm. That, Absolutely. Like if you, I don't know. For example, like I know LSU is behind the ball on the NIL money and deals. Like you got a tennis player, they might not be getting the, any attention, but you got all these schools in say California with all these big industries or Texas, they're offering NIL deals to no matter what sports you play. And so then you're losing recruits in other sports, mm-hmm. not just primarily football. You got tennis and baseball and soccer and basketball, all of that. Like, like. We saw uh, Sonic trying to give old Alex Fudge a deal in Baton Rouge, yep. and he jumped ship, and he's probably getting a deal at Georgetown. Or where did he go, Florida? Oh, yeah, he went to I'm, Florida. Yeah, so it's going to be – I don't know. Yeah, I that's think, what I hate also about the transfer portal, like uh, Fudge was mentioning about that pit wide receiver. I mean, he can just transfer out of pit. I mean, he, he would have been like the number one receiver. He won receiver the one-call award But he just year. wants, like, you know, to go – you know, his top two choices were Texas and USC, and that's where the big markets are, and he wants the money. So, I mean, NIL, I think it's just getting way out of hand. I mean, like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I'm all for, you know, the athletes making money on their name, Im- image, and likeness, but – there's got to be a, a, you know, where the NCAA needs to do something about, you know, all these schools, you know, can't just like recruit, uh, you know, oh, we got the big money so we can get the big recruits and you're all these like, you know, smaller schools, uh, even in the like D2, it's D1. Gonna kill it's going to kill smaller schools. Yeah, it's going to kill sure. smaller schools. I, don't know, I feel like it's going to get to the point where they might have to cut ties with some of their uh, sport programs. Well, and another thing is too, I mean, think about these athletes too that, you know, huh, 
<laughs> well, if they do go to class, yeah. um, I mean, let's think about like being out in public. You have this big NIL deal, and you're walking around, let's say Baton Rouge, yep. um, and we all know that's not the greatest place on the planet off campus. You right. know, I said people know you have a ton of money. Who's to say that you don't have a giant target on your back? Hey, somebody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to get mugged in an alley because yeah. he's got million. You know, he got a million dollar NIL deal. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, I mean it happened a few years back. LSU's championship team with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, he they won like playstations and stuff for for one of the bowl games. So he was going to sell his old PlayStation. And somebody tried to rob him waiting outside the pawn shop where he had to you know defend himself. Mm-hmm. And so like. Granted, that's a one-off thing, but then you got all these players with all this money. They probably carrying carrying it with them, or you know, they got they're buying they're jewelry. 18. They're yeah. in they're in nice cars, like places like you said out off off LSU campus is not the safest part of Louisiana, and I'm sure it's like that in many other schools. Yeah. So I mean, it's also a safety of the players thing when they're when they're handling all this money. Yeah, I just hope like too much money for them doesn't get to their ego and they do stupid stuff uh, just outside yeah. of uh, their athletic program. You got Eli Ricks driving with marijuana and, and no uh, insurance. So it's uh, over in Alabama. So it, you would think with all that NIL money, he'd be able to get some car insurance, especially <laughs> well, from well, Aflac. You know, they got the, the, what, like the Kia and the Hyundai uh, in Montgomery. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, they would have some car dealership, uh, like NIL deals there in Alabama. <laughs> you know, Speaking of Alabama, we got to talk about what just transpired at the PGA Championship this afternoon with Justin Thomas coming back from seven under going into Sunday. Tied from seven back. back. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Seven, seven back. back. He was not seven under. He was two, two or one. Or two, I think he was, he was two, two under. Two under yeah. Yeah. Um, tied for the third largest comeback in a major championship history. Uh, you know, I had uh, sprinkled a little bit of money on Rory, and he was looking hot. I was super psyched. It's like every and, day there was a new leader in this yeah. tournament. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, Mino Pereira, who was leading it going into Sunday, and he was he was set perfect. He, he had a two two shot lead going into the final hole. All he had to do was keep it in the fairway, and he does what all of his amateur golfers do. There's water on the right. We say, don't hit it right. And what does he do? He hits it right. Kaploosh, right into the water, which, you know, you're, it happens. But he had an opportunity to save himself. He hit a good shot onto the green, trickled off the back. So then he has, he has a crazy downhill breaker chip shot to get it close to the hole and a tap-in bogey to go to a three-man playoff. Well, the chip shot didn't break, and it rolled off the hole, and the rest was history. He left his putt short, and so he ended up finished second place, which shout-out to him. He actually did the interview with yeah. the reporter afterwards, which I don't know if I would have been able to hold it together. I would have been so pissed. I would have been throwing uh, some vulgar words out there. That man, that, man, that man lost more than half a million dollars yes. right there. On slicing I mean, still a T-shirt. But, I mean, that – uh, you got a feel for him. I mean, he was, like you said, he had a one-stroke lead and then uh, tipped into the water. I mean, I, I just I just can't imagine what it, like what was going through his mind whenever that happened. Yeah, he, well, think uh, of, he was cool I mean, think and of, composed for yeah, the most think part. About, but... think, think about this. I mean, also, him, you know, Mino Pereira, 
and uh, you also had uh, Cameron Young, who uh, was a young guy. Both of them are PGA Tour rookies. Yeah. And they were both in the final three pairings on Sunday. And Will Zalatoris, who this is only his second year on tour. Which he finished um, runner-up last year in the Masters, yeah. finished runner-up this year in the PGA Championship. So yeah. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And goes to a playoff with arguably one of the best closers in today's golf. Yes. Um, in He's Justin on Thomas. the cover of PGA 2K21 for a reason. I knew that man wasn't losing the playoff. <laughs> I, I wish I would see. I think I only really bet on the majors. Just sprinkle a little bit of money here and there because the odds are pretty good. Uh, so I sprinkled a little bit of money on Jordan Spieth to complete the career Grand Slam, which he did not. I sprinkled a little bit of money on my man Tiger Woods because it was seven thousand uh, plus seven thousand odds. Why not? You win. I bet ten dollars. I win seven hundred, which he did. He ended up withdrawing. Which I just want to talk about. Really sucks to see him um, do that. Granted, it's insane that he's even playing in golf mm-hmm. majors. Golf period. Just pl- swinging a club is a miracle, considering uh, he almost had his right leg amputated. But it's a rough walk out there. Uh, you know, you got John Daly riding around in a golf cart, which. Tiger has the option to, but he was so opposed to when they passed, when they tried to have that passed a few years ago. Um, so he can't go back now and take a golf cart. Um, but I don't, I don't see him probably playing the U S open. I think he's going to hold off to the British open at St. Andrews where it's a nice flat course for him to be able to walk. Um, so, but hopefully he'll be back in uh, cause the game's better when Tiger Woods is playing. Let's, it brings more eyes to the sport. Um, but and then I, oh, I also had a sprinkled a little bit on Rory right before he teed off on Thursday, and I was feeling great going into Friday, and uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. So, well, I tell you what, the conditions change so much, and I had the conversation with somebody. I said the first day on Thursday it was ninety degrees out, second day eighty eight. We got to Saturday, and the high was fifty three degrees. Yeah, that was just insane. It's a completely different it, golf course. Yeah, and everybody's wearing, like, sweaters and stuff. And I'm thinking, God, I would hate to be that person in the crowd, some spectator who made this trip and I only packed shorts and a polo well, shirt. I bet you they bet some, freaking freezing. spent some money at the pro shop. I can the promise pro you that. shop is uh, just pr- probably racking up on, on uh, Saturday morning. Well, and I should have known, when JT was the leader after Saturday, which he had to play in the morning when the conditions were awful. They had like 25-mile-an-hour winds. It's 50 degrees. And he comes out and he shoots, what was it? 63? Yeah. So a good seven under par. Uh, no, was, no, no, no. Was it no. par he 70? Shot 60, or... No, he shot 67. He yeah. shot 67. Oh, That's right. Bubba shot a 63, tied the course record. Yeah. Um, But either way, when he comes up and he's leading, that's got to – Build your confidence going into the next day. Will Zalatoris and Mito Pereira were, were neck and neck the whole time. Pereira was leading it over the night. Um, and, you know, he just fell apart. And JT does what he does best. I mean, he's won this PGA Championship before. He's won plenty of golf tournaments. I mean, he's a killer on the course. Um, you know, with him and Zalatoris starting on the playoff, I knew that, that it was going to be Thomas unless he just, you know, put one in the water, which uh, Zalatoris just had that bad – Bad uh, drive, I think on this par three seventeen he missed that or par it's a par four it's a short par four he missed the green right JT put it on the green so 
you know, it, it, it is what it is, but it was a heck of a finish to the, uh, to the PGA championship. Yeah. I think Will Zalatoris, I think ultimately is the future of the PGA tour. I think, I mean, it's for all, years, we all predictions about, here. We talked about, uh, well, I'm saying for years, we talked about Tiger being, you know, the face of the PGA tour, which he has been for years. Um, you know, and, and he got in the, you know, off the course stuff and it really yeah. screwed up his life. But aside from that, I said, look, this kid can play golf. And it's just only his second year, you know, graduating from Wake Forest. And he's coming out to the Masters and posting a second-place finish. I mean, runner-up finishes all over the place. Granted, he hasn't gotten that big win yet. But he's right there the whole time. Um, and he's he's sticking with everybody. And, and it's uh, it's pretty impressive just to see somebody uh, – hang on like that at, at a younger age like that against some seasoned vets. Well, you know what's even crazier? You say Willis Altoris. You got to think guys like Colin Morikawa. He's only 23 years old, 24. Mm-hmm. He's already won two majors, which he won them both two years ago in his uh, first year. So, I yeah, mean. Won the, the PGA Championship at uh, Torrey Pines. Exactly. So, the future of golf is definitely in good hands with, with these young guys coming up. And I was thinking, you know, as as we play golf and progress throughout the years, I'm pretty sure anybody can go and compete on the senior tour. You play enough golf over the next 30 years, you might get good enough to go compete. Well, the guys <laughs> you're going to be competing against are going to be Will Zalatoris, Colin Morikawa, all them guys. Like, you ain't going to have a shot. So it's it's uh, it's definitely the golf has changed a lot uh, from when we were – which both of you all played in high school, so you had more love for it. Me, not so much. Um, you can put an asterisk uh, when you say that. I mean, mine was just a one-year stint, and that was awful. Well, and that kind of brings me to my next point is as we grow older and golf becomes our primary sport because we're not out there playing football or baseball, soccer, any of that anymore, um, I think it's become a much more enjoyable sport to watch. I used to hate watching golf on TV, and now I sat there and watched the whole thing this weekend. Um, so, I mean, I think it just comes to – when you're watching these players, like today, you, you see somebody's got like 140 to the pin. It's like, okay, I'm hitting my nine iron here that I normally carry 145. And if I don't hit it perfect, it's probably still going to travel at least 130. So, you know, that's why I think it's it's much more enjoyable to watch now because you can put yourself in those shoes and, and play golf with them. Which, granted, we're not out there shooting 65s, uh, but Futch is out there beating Tiger on Saturday shooting less than a 79. So I mean, I just want to get y'all's opinion on if you watch, if you have found golf more enjoyable to watch, or why. I definitely have. I don't know if I'm going to go to the extent if I find it enjoyable to watch because I still, you know, have other sports that are definitely <laughs> more entertaining than golf. Other than golf, I mean, I watch, I watch like all the major championships, but not until the final round because that's when it counts. I'm nothing against like, you know, the first one through three rounds, but I like whenever like it's, you know, golf is coming down to the wire and like playoffs. Adrenaline like, is pumping. Yeah, the and adrenaline got... is pumping and then, like a playoff like today, that's, that's just like top of the notch. But I think playing golf definitely has changed for me. I mean, whenever I started, I didn't think that I would still be playing it uh, today. But I mean, as I get, you know, more, you know, practice on the course, I feel some improvement than watching these guys, you know, like you say, like, hmm. What is this guy going to use? Well, it, I'm not really thinking of that. I'm be like, how the heck could, do these people hit it so perfectly? And whenever I go <laughs> on the course, I shank it still all the time. So that's my mindset. But I definitely uh, have grown more uh, fruition to uh, the game of golf as I've grown up. 
I will say watching yeah. them. Or go ahead, Fudge. Well, I mean, I would say watching golf. I've I've watched golf for a really long time, but I've just been around the game for a really long time. So I, I guess it's just normal for me. But um, I, I I don't focus on the small small tournaments that much. I mean. I, I think yeah me neither know, I mean I really yeah. kind of tune in for like the last day maybe watch some of the highlights yeah um, I mean I'll watch the majors and stuff and I, I mean really the masters kicks it off for the year so like I'll watch the masters to start the year basically I mean that's in April so you know and then we get the PGA championship British Open US Open so stuff starts moving pretty fast but um I, I think you know the Tyler's point you know these guys that are out there have been playing golf since they were very small, you know? I mean, they've, that's all they do every single day. That's why I they mean, can hit the shots so perfect because yeah. that's literally and I mean, all they do. Yeah. And you even attempted to test it out on the range, you know, trying to hit as many golf balls as Tiger. So, you know, I, said, I still have 800 more to go. <laughs> the 200 balls. I'm not done yet. But no, it's it's crazy. I mean, that's what they do every single day, and they're always looking at numbers and everything. And in a lot of cases, people don't understand. I mean, even looking at the caddies, in some sense, sometimes the caddies are. I mean, most of the caddies are scratch golfers too, which is pretty crazy. Um, for some of like, I mean, even Jordan Spieth's caddy and Michael Greller. I mean, he's even gotten to the point where he's playing like good golf, yeah. you know. And and it's crazy that. You know, these caddies are probably good enough to play on the smaller tours, uh, you know, which is crazy. Yeah, but no, I, I love hearing when they mic up, like, the caddies and the golfer, hearing them talk through shots because it kind of gets you thinking of, like, okay, maybe I should start thinking of my shots like that, not just walking up. There's the pin. I want to hit it at the <laughs> pin. Like, no, I want to <laughs> miss left if I'm going to if I'm gonna hit a bad shot or, you know, I want to at least put it in the middle of the green. Um, and it, it really just kind of gets you, I feel like it's, it's, as we've become more involved with golf, um, like Tyler was saying, we try to, we go out there and practice to try to get better. We're not hitting a thousand golf balls a day. Like most of these guys are growing up, uh, playing the sport. It's definitely, I've, I've learned so much, like watching them swing, like, okay, I see how he takes it back. Try to fix little things in my swing or how they chip, um, one thing you you touched on the numbers fudge with the, like the track monitors and everything like that. I think from being you know an engineer and just being always involved in data and analytics, that stuff to me has got to be some of the coolest stuff because you can see like what the golf ball is doing, the the spin rate and the speed and the angle of attack or angle of launch. All of that is just like it's they definitely didn't used to have this, and so you have so much more knowledge mm-hmm. about your about your swing, which granted you can let the numbers get in your head when you're out there on the course, or you just go out there and swing. Um, so it really just depends on how you play your game. But I definitely like to see like more of that stuff being added, especially into the broadcast. Well, I mean, you've even seen it now, even added to the public. I mean, now you've got these top golf places where you can see your numbers on there. And right. it's crazy, you know, it, but you know, anybody can do it. I mean, granted you getting a trackman is going to set you back about five grand. Well, and now they have even more affordable ones. Um, you've yeah. got stuff like uh, I actually looked at getting the uh, the I think it's called the Garmin R10. It's about five hundred bucks. You can use it as a simulator. You know, I've got one in my attic. I've got a uh, OptiShot, which is a poor man's golf simulator. It's still fun to go hit it, and it shows you shot tracers. So you know if you're slicing or hooking it and stuff like that, and it gives you 
um, club head speed. You don't get ball data because it's just sensors on your club. Uh, but like the Garmin, it's got all of your club data, all of your ball data. You could basically play golf courses, and then you could bring it out to the range. It records every one of your shots. It gives you all the numbers you would think of. Um, so stuff like that, it's definitely a good way to you know to get better at the game. Yeah, I mean, think about if they had this kind of technology, you know, uh, back when Jack Nicholas played, things like that. I mean, it would have made the game completely different. And, and you know, that that's huge. I mean, not only – I mean, this has been a major push in just golf technology in general. I mean, you've seen the evolution of even different kinds of materials now being used on golf clubs now, and they've gone to carbon fiber stuff, and everything's about light, speed, everything yeah. like that. You know, I mean, back when – they were playing with solid woods. Everything was about, I want as much mass hitting the ball as possible, you know, as much yeah, force. It'll go as weight. far as can. Right. So, you know, I think it's changed a lot and technology has changed for the better. I mean, heck, I I ordered a freaking new three wood the other day, <laughs> you know, because my three wood's 10 years old. And I said, you know what, I'm going to buy a new three wood. So, you know, I put the money in and I bought a new three wood, you know, just because technology has changed so much. And, there's so much more to gain from this new stuff. I don't, you, I'm not saying I'm not saying from year to year there's you know so much to gain, but ten years plus, sure, there's plenty to gain, and there's more technology than ever. What uh, what kind of what'd you buy? Uh, I bought a uh, Titleist TS3 three. Watch gonna be sponsored by Titleist out there on the tour. Watch <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean to go off like the technology of the clubs. I mean, I was like in college playing. I was playing with my dad's old clubs that are like 25 years old. I get out, I get a job, I start making money. I bought some new tailor-made P790 irons. My game changed dramatically. Like the, the difference is insane in terms of distance, accuracy. Granted, I still mess up a lot because I, I don't always go for the smarter shot. I go for the for the flashy shot, like trying to hit a slinger six iron under a tree onto a green where I ended up topping it and going 60 yards. But, you know, it's stuff, it's just, you're, I definitely am like a huge proponent to go in. If you want new clubs, go get fitted at like a, a you know, even a Dick Sporting Goods or a more advanced fitting place because they have all the numbers and make it work to how you swing and how fast you swing, stuff like that. And so it's really just the technology of the game. It's, it's, yeah. It blows my mind. And you and you saying that, you know, with the whole custom fit thing, it's like people really have to be careful. You know, they do say, you know, hey, they give you the most data. Like you said, they give you like really good data and everything. I'm like, but you really have to be very careful with it because a lot of times, I mean, at the end of the day, these places that are doing your fitting, it's, it's retail at the end of the day. Yeah, they're trying they're to make trying, a commission. They're trying to make a sale. They're trying to, you know, they, they want your business. They're trying to make a sale. At the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's a money business. That's right. how everything is. But, you know, you really have to be careful. You know, do your own research. Heck, I went and got custom fit for a new driver, and all I did was the fitting. I said, look, I said, all I need is the fitting. I can go and source out everything I need for it myself. Well, I did that, and I saved myself almost six hundred dollars. That's exactly what I, mean, I did. That's with, with yeah. my irons and my driver. I did. I went and did the fitting. It's like these P seven nineties fit your swing. You want to buy them now? They're fourteen hundred dollars. I was like, <laughs> see you later, Bucko. Not a chance. Bought them on Facebook Marketplace from a guy that used them four times, and I got them for six hundred dollars cheaper. So it's like, yeah. do the fitting, yeah, get yeah, the I feel numbers. Like Facebook Marketplace is one of the most underrated things out there. 
you got to watch out for the scammers. Well, you got people like that trying to scam. The, that's what they're But do your research. That's you know? everything, yeah. though. Yeah. There's so many second Buy yeah, through so many... PayPal. You get PayPal protection free. If it's a scam, they refund you your money. No problem. This is not a PayPal ad, by the way. No. <laughs> but PayPal wants to sponsor us. Sportscramble at gmail.com. We are the 30. Sportscramble podcast at gmail.com. Sorry. <laughs> but no, I, I think it's major. Yeah. I mean, they tried to sell me uh, like an $800 total, you know, sale. Uh, you know, all specked out and everything. And I these clubs are expensive. They're expensive. And that's one club. That's a one driver. Dude, I went on. This is is the crazy part. I got this, this three wood, this Titus three wood. It was $229. And I got it on sale. I've been waiting for like three years watching this thing. Watch and (laughs) watch. I got it the other day for $87. I was like, dude, I was like, from what? So I went online. There's multiple places, but I go, I either try secondswing.com yeah. and it's like, the thing is brand new. It's still in the wrapping. Um, so, and it's just been sitting there. Like nobody's ever used it. They make so many of these and they just never push out. Then nobody ever pushes them out or somebody buys them and say, oh, I don't want it anymore. You know? So, and that like that, and I, and I use another one out of Connecticut, but it, it it's, it's, affordable is cheap i don't need it right away you know i'm yeah. not a tour bro i don't need it on the tour truck well you will but, be uh here shortly but yeah hey i saw your tour truck actually uh by uh the grand theater today on my on my way to i church. saw them a few weeks ago t- t- uh, uh tailor made the tailor made stealth tour truck yep. yeah i don't i guess they stop at and stay at that hotel they when stay they... at that hotel that that uh courtyard marriott they yeah. stay right there Titleist was there earlier in the week, and uh, TaylorMade was still there. When Dude, I went you need to just go stop and knock on the door. <laughs> I saw him a few months ago. I was like, what is this all about? So I tried. I was like, let's see what happens. I shot TaylorMade a DM on Instagram. Never got a response. <laughs> but I was really hoping for, a, oh, come stop by. We'll show you around the tour truck because that would have been really cool. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> cool moments that never pan out. <laughs> exactly. It was a cool thought in my head. But, no, I mean, yeah, it's – Golf is such an expensive sport, but there are definitely ways around it, uh, finding cheaper options. And I saw, so I've been seeing the meme go around. It's like, why does every male between the age of like 20 and 28 have an insane golf addiction now? It's really because it's the only thing we could do for the entire year of 2020 was go play golf. Mm-hmm. So whether you were good at it or you yeah. sucked, you gave it a shot. And I think in the future, I think that we'll probably do a show, I think, on this, but like, I think a major thing is that, especially for golf, golf's one of the most expensive sports out there, if not the most expensive sport out there, just because of everything that's involved with it and the upkeep. My problem is, is there needs to be a way that they can make golf more affordable for the everyday person. Because nobody, not the everyday person is going to go out there and pay $80 a round and go play three times a week. It's just not going to happen. Your boy ain't doing it. I can promise you that. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I, and I can't do it. I, you know, I mean, if you want people to pick it up at a younger age, and you want people, you know, in their teenage years and early 20s to play in college and all this stuff, it needs to be more affordable. And that um, goes, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I will say, I have noticed a lot of uh, courses will have their memberships, uh, which granted, you know, I joined one to where I get a pretty good deal when I go play. They had a junior membership for, for like, I think it was a range of 13 to 17. Um, if you were a high school student, 
it was $30 a month and your green fee and your range balls were included. So that's yeah. definitely a way of these courses doing these types of memberships, getting younger people involved in the game. Yeah, and I think that even goes into even some of these people that want to play on a on a small tour. I mean, there's really no access between, you know, are there people with huge aspirations that want to make the PGA Tour, including myself? But you know, <laughs> like, put your hands I, down. That's weird. You know, <laughs> yeah, like my hand went up, like, but I have probably no shot. <laughs> sure, I would love to, but I don't. There's not a. I think Fletch's got the best shot out of all of us. <laughs> But maybe I can get on like the mini golf tour or something. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there's really nothing there. I mean, you've got. I think Tyler was referring to putt putt. Yeah. Oh, 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 the mini. (laughs) Yeah, they do have what's called a mini tour. Like, I'm trying to be realistic here. My only chances of making any type of tour around (laughs) golf is putt putt. Or or uh, two yeah, yeah. K Xbox or Wii Sports Golf, <laughs> Wii Sports Golf, Wii Sports Bowling. No, but like, I, there needs to be a way. Even the Corn Ferry Tour, these guys, I I mentioned in one of like our first episodes, these guys are sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, sometimes even thirty thousand dollars in the hole. Yeah, coming out of the Corn Ferry Tour, it's like, hey, they might win a tournament. But hey, by the way, none of that money is going in their pocket. It's all going back to their debt, you know, that they right. have from when they played in the previous tour. And you know, speaking of the Corn Ferry Tour, Tyler and I talked about this earlier. Um, I just had the guy's name in my head, James Nicholas, pretty famous TikTok guy on Corn Ferry Tour. This weekend, uh, he was, I think, like eighth alternate for this for this eighteenth alternate for this Corn Ferry <laughs> Tour. He bought a plane ticket just in case, didn't think anything of it, gets a call. He's eighth alternate all of a sudden. So he's like, okay, well, yeah, I should definitely plan on going just in case. Night before, gets a phone call. The person withdrew. He's in. He's like, oh, snap. Okay. Gets on his plane the next day. Plane's delayed an hour and a half. He's like, all right, no problem. My tea time's at one o'clock. While he's on the He's on the plane, turns his phone off. He gets off. He's got like 7,000 messages. His agents called him. His tea time's not at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's at 10 o'clock in the morning. He lands. Ooh. It's 9.15. So he's got 45 minutes to get from the airport to the golf course. Ditches his, his luggage. Leaves his golf clubs because he doesn't have time to lay it on baggage claim. Gets in the rental car. Hall's butt got the flashers on. He's like, if somebody's pulling me over, they're going to pull me over at the golf course because I got to get there. <laughs> runs up to the first tee. His tee time, I think it was like 10.07, runs up at 10.05. He's got no golf shoes, no glove. All he's got is the pants and the polo he had on. They got a brand new pair of shoes, which he probably had to pay like $180 for. Hand him the shoes, hand him the glove. He's got a rental set of clubs. He's swapping clubs out with the guy that just teed off. Borrowing his driver, it pipes one down the middle of the fairway and just rolls into the course. I was like, you got to be kidding me. There's no warm-up. You're playing in a corn ferry tour, so you're already nervous, and you just stripe one off the tee with it. It's not even your clubs. So I was like, they were the head, They were the head pro's clubs and golf shoes. Yeah, like that is just insane. I mean, they probably didn't even fit the man. So, yeah. like, that's that's just awesome that he, he was able to make it. I don't know what he ended up finishing. But he's all over TikTok. Uh, he's a fun guy to follow. He, he gives little tips. Good yeah, he probably shots. just stepped up there, didn't even think about it, and he shot it straight. I mean, I feel like that I could relate to that. I feel like like that's like more recently I haven't been like keeping score of it because like I 
get like my anxiety like goes up to the roof if I'm like keeping score or having a bad round and so I, I try to like not to keep score as of late and just to, like go out there and just play. go out there and have fun. Yeah. Just not worry yeah, about it, the score. Yeah. And that's Okay, what... so he so he actually missed the cut. Oh well that sucks. Um, well right. so he shot he shot seventy six. He had clubs, I bet he would have cut. <laughs> He yeah. shot seventy six, seventy four, six over uh, for two days. What was the cut? Oh, I missed the cut. Oh, let me look. Well, I mean, see the and like Tyler said, you you always want to go out there and have fun. I want to play with my buddies. I want to go out there and have fun. But when I'm like out there by myself. I'm always trying to get better. So I'm like more yeah. hard on myself. And like score. whenever no one's out there, I mean, I I take multiple shots. Like even if yeah. I have a good shot, I just keep. Keep going until you know. Yeah, it's all practice because I know like my course that I play on doesn't have a driver rain. So if there's like no one out there, I try to get as many shots out there as possible. Exactly, because you're really only taking at most around a hundred shots around, mm-hmm. uh, where you go to the range for an hour and you're hitting a hundred balls just like that. Uh, and you got to be readied up for when me and Wade take on you and Futch here in the future. Well, we're, we're, we're trying to play in uh, whenever Futch and I can, can get a little golfing trip in, try to get a practice get out. for this scramble. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to go out and practice tomorrow. I went out to wind dance the other day, so I think I'm going to go back out tomorrow. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to decide weather, if, if the I want to. Yeah, the, the weather's been a little iffy. If I wanna, nasty over here. Yeah, I might either go tomorrow or try to go Thursday. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, that's been about 40 minutes of golf. Uh, so we it's need to, though. I mean, we, we like exactly. About it. We're trying to, uh, we, we had a chat today with the boys about, you know, it's called the sports scramble. We want to talk about all the sports sports going on, but really if we get into a subject where we're telling stories and having good conversation, yeah. we're just going to roll with it. We might not hit all the sports. Uh, we're definitely going to hit NASCAR Neil's statement every show with it, with which this show. He actually didn't have a statement for me because he's at the NASCAR All-Star well, event live. Be even better then because he's there. And yes, we'll he's going to have a, a you know, great – Tell us how the crowd is, tell how the brewskis are, you know, tell yes, how the, hot, yes. the concessions at the – tell us the whole Make sure thing. you tune in next week for NASCAR Neil's hot take on what, what events happen tonight in Dallas. Uh, but, you know, we can check in with the, the NBA playoffs. Uh, you got the Miami Heat uh, leading the series 2-1 to one against the Celtics. Um, Miami has been down big in both the games they've yeah. won and just come back. So it's shout out to them. That's who I picked to win. Uh, we'll see if they can get it done. And Golden State is up two zero on the Mavs, and they're actually playing right now. Uh, you got a score for us? Yeah, uh, yeah, I got you right here. Uh, Warriors are up sixty one fifty six. Uh, halfway through the third quarter right now with a two series two zero series lead. I think if they win so they're tonight, playing it, it's over. I mean, that's a sweep yeah. if they win tonight. I think I don't think yeah. that Mavericks are going to be done if they lose tonight. What do you, uh, you know, speaking of playoffs and sweeps, we got to check in with Tyler's NHL <laughs> updates. You got any for us this week? Well, there's one game going on right now uh, in the third period with about seven minutes to play. Edmonton has a commanding lead over Calgary, the Flames, up 4 nothing in the Battle of Canada here. Uh, the series is tied 1-1, to but it looks like Edmonton, is going to get the advantage there, 2-1. to one. Uh, Some of the games that happened earlier, the Rangers uh, beat the Hurricanes. That was a much-needed win for the Rangers. I mean, if you go down 3 nothing, it's pretty much GG's. I mean, it's hard for these NHL teams to come back uh, from a 3-0 deficit. The Lightning, man, talk about this team. They're on a way to a three-peat at this rate, 5-1 to one yeah. 
over the Florida Panthers. Sorry, Panthers. I think you're done. I think Lightning finish it in the next game. They'll probably sweep them and go on to uh, their finals. And another a game uh, that happened uh, yesterday was Avalanche and the Blues. Avalanche got the 5-2 win over the Blues. Uh, Colorado leads that 2-1. to one. I expect Colorado to take that. And the other, uh, I'm going to go with the Oilers still. I still like the Oilers. Uh, I mean, they the series is tied one one but getting this one was huge. And then you get a, another home game uh, in game four. So if you can take that, I think that Edmonton's going to be solid. Ultimately, I think that the Hurricanes uh, will beat the Rangers. I think. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if that game goes to six and seven. I mean, the Rangers have one of the best goaltenders in the league, uh, and Igor, so he did a really phenomenal job. So really fun, uh, uh, you know, a couple of games that we've been having, a really good series, but I feel like uh, the Lightning are, I mean, they're looking solid, and they're you're going to be a wrecking horse if we ever have to play in the next round. Yeah, a three-peat, that would be something else. Yeah. So it's, you know, Going into the postseason of the playoffs, we got to shift gears to college baseball, which we yep. would do our listeners a disservice if we did talk about the SEC tournament, which I know primarily all our listeners are SEC fans, except for Futch with his Big Ten. He can fill us in on that. Yeah. Actually, still speaking same. of the Big Ten, my buddy is working in Nebraska this week in Omaha, okay. and they're having their uh, they're having their Big, Big Ten, uh, what you call it, oh. <laughs> tournament. Well, yeah, um, we'll give, so, like, I know, I know, like Maryland is the top team in the Big Ten right now. They they clinched the regular season title. It looks like they're on their way to uh, to hosting both uh, the supers uh, and if the regionals, uh, they'll probably be a top eight seed. I'll probably have to say they'll probably be like a the number six overall seed. So that's a really good feature. We really haven't seen a Big Ten team uh, in the top eight. Usually, it's like majority of SEC schools, and then we see like a West Coast school like Oregon State and Oregon, but. Really phenomenal to see in Maryland. They got a really fantastic uh, starting three. Their ace has been – and then their starting lineup, one through nine, is solid as well. So, really, Maryland, I, I think that's going to be a scary team, whoever's uh, lined up for them. I, they're currently 41-10 and 10 yeah. on the season. Wow. Uh, currently sitting in 15th right now. And in two spots behind them is Southern Miss at mm-hmm. 38 and 14. Yeah, Southern Miss, uh, you know, they had – you know – that couple of weeks where, you know, they lost the series, I believe, like UAB, and then they finished off uh, getting a two-series win. That I think uh, for them to lock up – I think they still can lock up a top eight. They probably have to win the conference uh, USA uh, uh, championship. I know it was an MGM part, but I think they moved it now. I think just to – I think they're just doing like a rotation now of a very school. Okay. So, I, I still think that Southern Miss, they'll probably, they'll probably going to be locked in the number nine seed. I think, uh, I think that already the top eight seeds are are really set unless you have like, you know, a team like Texas A and M lose in the first round or a team like, I think that like a team like Maryland that I saw pretty much has locked it up uh, since they won the regular season uh, in the Big Ten. Uh, so I think that Southern Miss might be on the outside looking in, but still, if you're able to host a regional, I mean, that's about as good as you can get on the road to Omaha. You know, with every year, SEC, like you said, is usually top eight yeah. seeds. This year, it just hasn't been the same. With, it's different. Uh, besides Tennessee and Texas A&M, well, who have both had pretty good seasons. Tennessee having an amazing season. I mean, they just uh, – did they sweep Mississippi State? Yeah, they swept Mississippi State. I mean, the Friday night, the Thursday they, night game actually, they scored, they scored beat them 27, 27 runs. To two. 27 runs. Like, they had a vengeance up. They hit 11, or I think 12 home runs yep. 
on Thursday night. I mean, when I thought LSU winning twelve to two was insane, and then you know we beat up on Vandy <laughs> on Thursday or on Friday, and then Saturday the floodgates just opened. It was like a football score twenty one to ten or twenty one to yeah twenty one to ten game. Uh, I think the SEC tournament is definitely going to shift uh, some of these rankings, some of these. The SEC tournament is probably going to have like a more competitive feel of it than like the the College World Series feel. I mean, nothing against that. I feel like the College World Series feel will be fine, but I mean, there's a lot of teams in here. I mean, vying for you know regional hosts, and it's like the top uh, twenty RPIs. So I feel like you know these uh, conference tournaments are definitely going to matter for you know those teams on the outside looking in of a regional host, and then who's, you know, going to go on the road to somewhere. So we'll find out uh, all this throughout the week. We'll have the selection show uh, Memorial Day Monday, May 30th. It's usually like 11 o'clock in the morning. So uh, I think like pretty much the lock. So the regional, like you, number one overall seat will be Tennessee. It doesn't matter if they go 0-2 in the barbecue in the SC tournament. It doesn't really matter because the other only other team that I see that could jump them, which won't really happen, is Oregon State. They'll probably be the number two overall seat. And then, all the others are pretty much all open for grad. So, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, postseason baseball is, I mean, honestly, the best thing that you can get. Yeah, and if you want a recap of Tyler's picks for the SEC tournament, check out SEC Talk mm-hmm. on Facebook. He had a little live well, show today I, going I through the bracket. I had Texas A&M and Tennessee in the SEC championship in Tennessee. Yeah, hurt my feelings there, not picking LSU. Well, they're going to run into – he's, he's picking well, with his brain. They're going to run into a buzzsaw of Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee pretty much had LSU's number last year. They beat them five out of five times uh, whenever they've yeah. been the regular season in the Supers. But, so, yeah, Tennessee, I mean, I would be shocked if they don't get to Omaha. Yeah, no, I definitely think they will. Um, and shifting to Major League Baseball, we want to talk about – uh, what it was last year's draft number one prospect mm-hmm. Adley Rushman catcher from uh Oregon State he uh got called up to, by the Orioles last night and his first at bat hits a triple down the right field line mm-hmm. so that's that's pretty awesome you know you can't think of you always your first at bat I would always think it's cool just to get a hit but to get a triple which is probably one of the harder things to do in baseball that's a def- def- definitely good feel good story there. Yeah, I feel like so, this this call up was long overdue. I mean, I, I don't know what or I mean the Orioles. I mean, I'm not gonna do lightly. I mean, they're not one like, looked at the, like one of the greatest teams in the MLB. It was definitely a, a need at the catcher spot. So I mean, a guy like Adley Rutschman. I mean, uh, I I remember him at Oregon State whenever they won the national championship in 2018. I think he was hitting like close to like 400 average and he was hitting bombs like out of their park uh, left and right. So I mean. This was this was just really warranted. I definitely think that the Orioles wasted no time. And another call up we saw uh, another catcher was Michael Verpierski, uh out of LSU. He got called up uh, to the San Francisco Giants. So the Giants is interesting uh, because obviously with Buster Posey retiring, it leaves an open spot. So Verpierski was originally drafted on the Astros and then got traded. Uh, I think a couple of weeks ago to the Giants. Yes. So that pretty much opened up, you know, an entry to the show. So it's pretty much a competition between him and Joey Bart. So I, I think uh, he yeah. didn't get to start today. It was Joey Bart, but I'm sure that will probably, like, rotate in and out. He's got the opportunity to uh, yep. make with it what he can. Absolutely. Um, so I think that uh, pretty much covers all the sports topics we wanted to talk about. I wanted to give a shout-out to our lo- loyal <laughs> listener, good old Chew. It was his birthday yep. today. Shout-out, Matthew. Happy birthday. Yep, hope you had a good birthday today. Lifted up 
uh, watch some NASCAR because he's he's also our NASCAR informant when Neil's not available. <laughs> um, so, but you know, I want to challenge the sports scramble co-host and also the listeners. Get everybody to get out there and play a round of golf this week, if possible, I'll weather try. permitting. Maybe we can recap it on on Sunday. A lot show of rain in the forecast, so that's going to be hindering my uh, play out there. And also, I'm going to be going to Gulf Shores for a couple of days. So Ooh, that will also, but, it, but we're staying on the golf course, so I, I might just bring the club just in case we got some time. Yeah, maybe you get a quick tee time in. Yep. My money's on Futch shooting the lowest score out of the four of us. Probably. Uh, but who knows? Maybe maybe we'll, we'll <laughs> surprise one another. Uh, and we also want to give a little shout-out to ourselves. I actually got an email before the show. We're ranked uh, number 30 in the Sports News Podcast on Apple Podcast. So it's not number one, but hey, it's, it's a start. Work number 30. Somewhere. Yeah, so it's, I mean, we literally uh, just started this a couple of weeks ago, and to get that email already is definitely exciting. Yeah. So we're we're always trying to make the show better. Uh, we really appreciate all of you listeners interacting. Um, you know, and as always, if you have any questions or topics that want to be talked about the show, we definitely would love to hear. Uh, you know, uh, like a mailbag or take any mm-hmm. DMs on Twitter. Yeah. You can reach out to us on at Sports Scramble Four on Twitter. Or hit us up on email at sportscramblepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we, we appreciate any questions, any feedback that everybody has. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's about 10 o'clock on a Sunday evening. I got to go to work tomorrow, Tyler. So that, that's all I got. You got anything else? I think that's all. I mean, we pretty much uh, covered all of the sports. So that was a really good episode. Yeah, and Futch's AirPods just died, so his mic went out. Uh, he's got to work the night shift tomorrow at Home Depot, so he's got to make sure he gets some sleep uh, so he can haul that lumber around and get us, get us that Home Depot discount. So, uh, you know, we hope – shout out to Wade. We hope you have safe travels this week, buddy. We'll catch you next week. Uh, and maybe we'll have our Matt, Matty Ice with his guest appearance if he remembers to bring his laptop home from work. Uh, so we appreciate all of you listening. Uh, it's been a joy. It's been a pleasure. Everybody have a good one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.